Hey, what's up sports rehab experts? Today we're going to be talking about the number one overrated rehabilitation exercise for anybody who's been dealing with any sort of knee pain. Now, you're going to want to make sure that you stick through all four of these reasons that I give you because the number fourth and final reason is probably the most misunderstood and biggest reason of them all of why I dislike this exercise in general and, and really don't use it that often in the rehabilitation or strength and conditioning world. So what is this exercise you asked? The exercise is the terminal knee extension or TKE. A lot of people like to refer to it as and I'm sure you've all seen this exercise before. It's where you strap a band around the leg, you walk back and you just work on straightening the leg, bending it, straightening it, and you're kind of pushing into the band to give it a little bit of resistance. And supposedly it's going to build your quad strength up again. And that's actually my first beef with the exercise in general is a lot of people say you're building strength with this exercise. But realistically, the amount of resistance used in any type of rehabilitation scenario is severely underloading the quads. Uh, the quads are a grouping of multiple muscles. It's not just one muscle. And it, it has the capacity to do a lot of lifting. It's a very, very strong muscle. And if you're using these little dinky bands that are in the rehabilitation world, it isn't going to build you any strength in the quad plain and simple okay now what it's likely doing and what i'm okay using it as is in the acute or subacute stages of someone who's dealing with knee pain or someone who's post-op surgery and using it more as just like an active range of motion activity or a stimulus to try to build some neuromuscular stimulation high emg quad contraction activity type exercise for neuro re-education purposes after a surgery um, when we got uh, scarring, atrophy, and um, a swelling that's kind of getting in the way of that nervous system connection with the muscles. So uh, that, that is an okay purpose of it, but realistically, you got to progress on much, much quicker than sticking with these exercises for uh, weeks and months. And uh, some will argue, and, and I, I would say that you're moving in the right direction with this. Some will argue if they get one of these bigger, stronger jump stretch bands or we get a real heavy band uh, and do the TKEs with them that way. Now we're applying more resistance because we're using a heavier and stronger band. So now maybe we are actually making some type of strength gains. And yeah, maybe we are at that point in time, but I would still argue it's probably not doing too much actual benefit itself. Certainly, you, you, you're, you're creating some type of stimulus that the body's going to have to adapt to, but it's still a pretty low-level stimulus. Um, and, and furthermore, it's pretty much a concentric activity. So this is problem number two with the exercise. It's concentric. Um, so we know that eccentric training and eccentric loading is actually going to, be, is going to be building up the actual capacity of the tendon itself. If we're getting rid of the eccentric component completely just by doing these TKEs, yeah, you're, you're building some strength in the muscle, but you're missing out on the eccentric component. So you have to still be doing some type of eccentric strength training to the quad, to the patellar tendon, if you're using the exercise for a patellar tendinopathy activity. So again, I'm, I'm perfectly fine if you're gonna load it up more uh, and say that you are maybe making some strength gains at that point in time, but you have to realize that it's just a concentric uh, activity for the most part, and uh, there's really not going to be any eccentric loading that's going on to the quad or the patellar tendon at that point in time. So it needs to be used in conjunction with a variety of other exercises to still get that type of stimulus. 
Now the third reason someone will perform this exercise is they're, they're going to do, use it as a range of motion exercise. And I kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier where I say, you know, I might use it in acute scenarios, post-op or post-surgical scenarios, say with like an ACL. Um, and, and the reason for that is because it is low load and allows us to build um, some type of active range of motion, get some type of neurostimulus going to the muscle, and maybe if we tie it with some BFR, um, blood flow restriction training, we can actually get some hypertrophy going in the quad, and, and then maybe it's a useful exercise at that point in time. But we have to realize it's constrained to a certain point, again, too. Again, there's only so much you can load this exercise up with, and there is no eccentric component of loading to this exercise. Um, so we have to understand that there, we have to move on to bigger and better things. Furthermore, if you're trying to gain range of motion just by using this exercise and by doing some stretching, um, that's going to be useful to a point. But if this person's been stuck with range of motion, stalling out, not improving for multiple weeks, close to a month, likely there's something else going on that you have to kind of look a little bit deeper into to start making some positive changes and positive influences in somebody's range of motion whether that's knee flexion or knee extension now i can hear you already out there but, but greg you know i'm doing manual therapy with it we're doing some soft tissue work um, we're doing some joint mobilizations around the knee in conjunction with this exercise shouldn't that be enough to uh, improve knee range of motion that, yeah, it could be until it's not with somebody. Uh, there's plenty of people who still struggle with range of motion gains after doing those sort of things. So there are other circumstances that you have to consider. And what we need to consider with a terminal knee extension is we're working in anterior glide of the tibia. So most people are familiar with the, the joint itself as far as a rehabilitation professional is that the, the tibia is going to move forward as the knee extends. And as the knee bends, there's gonna be this glide backwards or posterior translation of the tibia as the knee flexes. Um, but what we're not considering is the orientation of the muscles of the joint and what it potentially already could be in. Let's say, for example, that joint is already in a position of anterior orientation, meaning the hamstrings are on eccentric orientation to begin with. And we're pushing on that knee, we're pushing on that knee, and we're trying to get it to extend more, but the knee and the tibia is already in uh, a position of uh, anterior orientation already, and the hamstrings are already on eccentric orientation already. So this person is getting a huge stretch to their hamstrings, and they're just... Like they can't bear this stretch. You're trying to do this sustained, slow load, long duration stretch by holding on to their knee or telling them to put an ice pack on their knee for 10 minutes and just let the knee hang into extension. But this person's like, my God, my hamstrings are just so stiff and tight after that. Well, maybe that's because everything's in an eccentric orientation and the hamstrings are already and the joint itself is in an anterior orientation already. So if you actually concentrically contract the hamstrings to posteriorly glide the tibia and create joint play both anterior and posterior through utilization of exercises, maybe that joint actually starts to loosen up itself too. So we can't forget that there's two ends of the spectrum there and we need to create joint play in both directions. And joint play doesn't have to be me just wiggling around the knee on the table or holding them down into a stretch position. We can use their muscles as a form of creating more joint play too. Get this becoming an active exercise. Furthermore, we're trying to build strength, hypertrophy, and capacity too. You're killing all these birds with one stone instead of just telling them to sit in the chair 
and hold a stretch for 15 to 20 minutes a day. So there's other things you can be doing. Yes, those low, long, low load, long duration stretches are useful and need to be used for people who have true tissue adaptation issues as well as post-surgical uh, patients. But we also need to be considering other things that they could be doing that potentially could be more beneficial for them or if they are experiencing a plateau in their progress, what else can we be doing to improve that progress? Furthermore, when we're looking at range of motion of the knee, there is a rotational component to the knee. So when the knee extends, there's external rotation of the tibia that's accompanied by supination of the foot. When the uh, knee bends, there's tibial internal rotation, which is associated with pronation of the foot. So how the individual puts pressure through their foot is going to influence this rotational capability to the knee as well too. And we know that there's a screw home mechanism involved with knee extension, and there's gotta be an unlocking of that too as the knee bends. So if someone has this locking sensation in the knee or this catching sensation in the knee, or they're, they're just having a stiff knee in general, we have to also consider the rotational component to the knee too. It's not just this anterior posterior glide of you wiggling the knee back and forth that uh, makes all the difference. Again, we have to consider this rotational component the more active we can make the exercise via using foot pressure with different uh, closed chain exercises uh, can be a very useful thing for the individual to start loosening up the knee. And then finally, the fourth one, the biggest misunderstood aspect about this exercise as well too, is they think they're doing a gait-based activity as the uh, individual is doing a TKE, because the knee goes back when you're walking, right? Uh, actually, it doesn't really. Um, and furthermore, your foot is not flat on the ground when you're walking at toe off either. So you don't actually triple extend through the leg. When you roll through your foot, the knee is still forward. The knee does not fully extend. You're getting hip extension and you're getting on your toe, which resupinates the foot to create a rigid foot and a rigid platform to push off from. And because you're moving horizontally, your knee does not actually fully extend. If your knee fully extends, that means you go from your toe back to your heel if your knee fully extends. And that's just not what happens during gait because you're always moving forward if you're walking, jogging, running. So I'm gonna put a number of pictures up here of, of showing somebody walking, running, jogging, and the position that the joint actually gets into. And what you can see is that when the heel first hits the ground, that's when the knee is in the position of most extension, but it never actually fully extends. Furthermore, when you transition over top of the leg, it definitely doesn't extend. And then on push off, it definitely does not extend either too. So, and this to a varying degree also happens when you're running, you just don't have the heel strike on a sprinting form. You come down through the forefoot, land on the forefoot and the knee uh, is co-contracting at that point in time and stays in a slight bit of knee bend and then continues to move forward. So it doesn't actually fully extend. So if you're doing this TKE exercise thinking that you're relating the activity to gait, it's not actually a gait-related activity because we don't walk with our knee fully extended. We don't walk with our heel on the ground during push-off. So um, if the individual is having pain when they're walking, running, and jogging, but you're doing this exercise, think you're being specific to what happens during gait, you're actually not specific to what happens in gait at all. And you may actually be retraining poor movement patterns that could actually be facilitating their pain too. We have to think differently. 
And we have to better understand what actually happens during gait, running, and walking, and understand that the knee operates much, much differently uh, than we like to think with this whole triple extension um, theory that we've been told in before. Triple extension, sure, for a vertical jump, probably occurring, but the moment you start moving linearly, horizontally, it doesn't actually occur the way you think it occurs. So we have to train the knee in this specific position where it applies force and it transfers force and it co-contracts using the calf, hamstring, quad, glute, all at the same time to provide an impulse to the ground to create an equal and opposite reaction to propel us forward. So the knee is a very big, co that joint is co-contracting at that moment in time using a variety of different muscles isometrically to hold that position, to apply an impulse to the ground, to get potential energy back up and to then utilize it in the next step of the gait cycle. So uh, again, if someone has pain when they're walking, running, jogging, and, and it's pain in the knee, and you think this exercise is going to be specific to them because it involves triple extension, you're actually wrong in the fact that this, this activity, this terminal knee extension isn't specific at all to gait. And that's probably my biggest beef with this exercise in, in, in totality is that if you're doing this exercise thinking it's going to relate to someone who has knee pain when they're walking, running, jogging, this exercise is likely gonna do minimal to nothing. If you're just focusing on the standpoint of trying to build the tendon capacity back up, okay, that's fine, you can use this exercise, but just remember you need to also eccentrically load the quad too. Probably also need to do some hamstring and calf work and glute work as well. And then furthermore, if you're using it as an acute, subacute exercise for someone initially uh, after an injury to get them moving or um, to initially get them moving in the immediate post-op scenarios, that's perfectly fine too. I got no problem with that, but we got to start thinking differently about this stuff. We can't just rely on uh, what we thought was the old tried and true. There's, there's an old saying out there that it's, it's not what we don't know that's dangerous. It's what we thought was true, but just isn't so that is more dangerous. And uh, I think that's something with the TKE that uh, should reign true to you a little bit or, or start ringing a bell after this conversation is, um, is that exercise really that useful or is there a better use of my time? How can I be more efficient as a clinician? How can I be a better clinician? Hey, thanks for watching. Hope you got a lot out of the information in today's video. If you like this type of content, if you could do us a huge favor by liking the channel, subscribing to the channel, and uh, hit that alert button so you get notified when any new videos come out your way. Also, if you're a rehab clinician looking to take your clinical skill knowledge to the next level and seeing how you can better help your patients, visit sportsrehabexpert.com where we got a lot more information that can help you along the way, as well as our certified sports rehab expert course. This is two courses that give you a sports rehab residency or an orthopedic fellowship type education in half the time at a fraction of the cost. So visit sportsrehabexpert.com to check out these two courses. We have the human assessment mastery course and the full body treatment domination course. And finally, maybe you aren't a rehab clinician watching this video. Maybe you're someone just looking to keep an active, healthy, mobile, athletic lifestyle without painkillers and frequent visits to the doctor's office. If you're located in Ann Arbor, Michigan, you're in luck. Just visit annarbor.physio and you can set up your appointment today. If you're not from around the Ann Arbor or the Michigan area, no worries. We do a lot of 
online video consultation services from people all over the globe as well too. So you can reach us at annarbor.physio or at sportsrehabexpert.com and we'd love to learn more about how we can help you out.